Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. With each message and series from Pastors Tim and Nathan, we hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. All right, what's up, Liquid Church? Hey, let's give a big old welcome to all our campuses and church online. Great to see you guys. Hey, before we open God's Word, I've got some great news. A quick update to celebrate. As you know, we've been working very hard to reopen all of our campuses. And if you're new, um, Liquid is a multi-site church. What that means is we're one church, but we actually have seven locations, what we call campuses, all across New Jersey. And so as people are returning to church, we have volunteers, dream teamers, who are stepping up to serve. Can we make some noise for our dream teamers, our volunteers? Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are the heartbeat of our church, and I love you guys. I, can I just show you the impact you're making? Uh, one of my very favorite friends, a young boy named Grady, uh, he actually came back to church last Sunday for the first time in 15 months. Now, Grady has Down syndrome, and his family drives an hour and a half to get to Liquid because it's Grady's favorite place in the whole world. Well, his mom shot this short video on the way to church last Sunday and put it on Instagram. Check this out. <laughs> it blew his mind, man. Grady's mind is blown. They drive 90 minutes for a thriving special needs ministry. Incredible. He came in that parking lot. No time away could erase the eternal impact the feeling of coming home has on Grady. Isn't that precious? Isn't that awesome, guys? Guys, this is why we need you to step up to serve right now. Right now, we need buddies at every single campus. Uh, our special needs families have returned in full force, but our volunteer buddies have not. So if you're home watching and you're like, do they really need me? Yes, we do. If you're not serving, we need your help. And I want to encourage those of you um, who are like maybe new to get in the game this summer. Uh, if you're new to our church or you're returning maybe after being away, serving on a dream team really is the best way to meet new people, use your gifts, and make a difference. In fact, last Sunday I spoke to two amazing volunteers last week. I'll show you their picture. And uh, they said, Tim, we need help. We had only the two of us and 40 middle schoolers. Guys, two on 40, okay? And, uh, and we lost about, you know, 20 of them. So no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But we need your help, friends, okay? So we've got brand spanking new t-shirts with your name on it. Just talk to your campus pastor or any of our staff to get involved. We would just love to have you serve with us this summer. Because I've got some encouraging news from our campuses. Um, last week in Mountainside, we had the full return of Liquid Family, a huge turnout of kids and students. Uh, we had 64 kids, four brand new families, just a joy. Let's hear from Mountainside. We love those guys. Pastor Denise and team lead the charge. Now give me a drum roll. Come on, drum roll. Uh, today is the grand reopening of Liquid Garwood. Welcome home, Garwood. So proud of Pastor Zarita and her team. They swung open their doors today. Again, 15 months being shut down during COVID. But Garwood's got full liquid family, no mass required. It's about time, amen. We love Garwood. And here's exciting news. This week, we found a brand new home for Somerset County. Starting August 8th, here it is, the beautiful Doubletree Hotel in Somerset. It's a gorgeous facility. We've got the main ballroom for August, breakout space for kids, Starbucks in the lobby. Like nothing says 
church is back like Starbucks in the lobby. Amen? And we're going to get coffee at the rest of the campuses. Don't worry. So Somerset families, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your patience. You've got a terrific leader and Pastor Chris, his wife Judy, Leilani, and the team. And I hope to come down and visit you in person this August at the Doubletree Hotel. Now, finally, and this is for our whole church family. This is really important, guys. This week, I want to invite you to come see our newest campus in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, if you didn't hear the news, we have a new church home at Princeton Meadow. It is a spectacular historic church. It's a modern cathedral given to us by the good people of Princeton Meadow Church. It's 10 minutes from the campus of Princeton University. And a few weeks ago, Princeton Meadow voted to merge ministries with Liquid and become our new campus in Mercer County. So this week, we're going to open the building up for you to come see. So mark your calendar. It's Tuesday, August 20th. We're going to have a party with your pastors. Um, that's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30. That's this Tuesday night, okay? You're all welcome. Come tour the building. We're going to have some live worship and a make-your-own ice cream Sunday bar. So bring your kids, all right? You're going to get a chance to meet all of our pastors, including our new campus pastor in Princeton. So it's very exciting. If you live in Mercer County or close by, this is really your chance to get in on the ground floor of what God's doing in Princeton. And uh, I'm going to help make the ice cream sundae. So RSVP, let me know you're coming at liquidchurch.com slash Princeton party. And if you're like, oh, I can't make it Tuesday night, no problem. Come down to Princeton on Saturday morning. We're having a family workday in Princeton from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. We are going to be painting and cleaning some of the classrooms, just sprucing up our brand new building. So bring your work gloves, your kids. We will serve you lunch, free lunch, give you a tour of the building. I just can't wait for you guys to see it. It really is breathtaking, guys. And you know, as I was thinking about this week, I, as we are recovering from this pandemic, can I just say, I believe God is clearly planning something big. Amen? He really is, guys. So get on the action, get in the game. The best is yet to come. Amen? All right. Well, today we are continuing our series, Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life, which is really all about the battlefield of the brain and how God wants to give you victory over negative thinking and toxic thoughts. Did you enjoy last week? Did it make some noise? How about your memory verse? Did you guys get this? We did a memory verse. We gave out scripture tattoos of Romans 12:2 for you to put on the back of your hand so you could memorize and hide God's word in your heart. Now, if you got a tattoo, just hold it up. Some of you are like faded. You're, you took a shower. Good for you. It washed off a little bit, but some of you got it. I see you on the way in here. Now, take a look at it. The way it works is the tattoo has the first letter of each word in our Bible verse. So let's see how you did with Romans 12 too. Can you say it with me, church? Let's try. Ready? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here we go now then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 2. Come on, give some noise there. We are training our brains with the truth of God. And can I just say as your lead pastor, it warmed my heart. I just loved seeing so many kids and families posting their memory verse on social media. Just moms and dads are kind of, we're memorizing God's word this summer with our kids. In fact, take a look at this one. This is awesome. Look at this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 2. 
Make some noise for the next generation, guys. That's your next generation of leaders and pastors and world changers right there, okay? The big idea, guys, is that we're hiding God's word, where? In our heart. Because the idea is that when the enemy attacks you, he attacks your mind with anxiety. He'll attack you with fear or worried thoughts. And when he attacks, guess what you can do? You can hit him right back in the mouth with the word of God. What did we learn last week? We take captive every thought, this thought, that. We take them captive and we make it obedient to who? We make it obedient to Christ. That is the renewal process we are learning from the Apostle Paul. We reject, we remove the lies of the enemy, and we replace it with the truth of God. Amen? Well, today I've asked my preaching partner, Pastor Kyra, to come teach you how to train your brain with the Word of God. So would you give Pastor Kyra a big liquid welcome? Go get him, Kyra. I got to go serve in the nursery, so I'll Please see you, okay? That. All right. Okay, babies, I hope you cry a lot. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, hey, I am excited today to be with you and bring you a message that I have titled, How to Train Your Brain, okay? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you are guilty of making decisions that make no sense? Let me tell you how that uh, shapes in my life, okay? In this season, I'm trying to save money. My daughter's college fund, my son's special needs trust. But every time I go to the mall and I see some shoes in the window display, it's like I feel like I'm Moana. They're calling to me. And then I go into the store and I realize, what? There's a 50% off sale for the second pair. Buy one, get the other one half. Uh... Come on, let's be honest. At that point, it's irresponsible not to buy them, okay? So I bring them home with me. But then the next morning, I wake up and I'm like, did I really need two pairs? Why did I do that? Anybody else make decisions that make no sense? Thank you for your honesty. You are in church after all. <laughs> but why do we do this? Why do we think one thing but do something completely different? Well, I'm going to give you the answer by sharing with you a story. Okay, my husband and I bought our home in 2016. And on our second night in our new house, I was blow drying my hair while my husband decided to make some popcorn and use the microwave. And suddenly, boom, all the lights in our bathroom went off. Now, our house is from 1969. Okay, so immediately I, I said, ah, probably it's an electrical issue. We should call an electrician. So we called the guy, and he fixed the issue. The only problem was, after he left, I couldn't turn on my washing machine without my microwave beeping. Why? He crossed the wires. Why is it that we often make irrational decisions? Same reason. The wires are crossed in our brain. And in order to renew our minds and change our thinking, which is what this series Mastermind is about, we need to learn how to rewire and train our brains. Okay, now I want to give credit to Pastor Craig Rochelle's fantastic book, Winning the War in Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. I actually began reading this book last month. But then when Pastor Tim recommended it, I really dove in this past week and I realized you know, God has actually done a lot of healing in my life in the area of negative thoughts, but I still have a long way to go, which is why I'm excited to share with you my message today. So let's go ahead and open up God's word to Philippians 4. 
Philippians is a book that is written by our resident mastermind, the Apostle Paul. Okay, and last week we learned that Paul really struggled with his thought life. Okay, he had a lot of anxious thoughts over what he had done. Remember, he had a really painful past. He, he killed a lot of Christians. And so he had a lot of crossed wires. But Jesus actually did an incredible work in Paul's life. And he began rewiring his brain and actually dismantling all of those negative thoughts. And what you may not know is that Philippians is actually a book that is often seen as a book of joy. But did you know where Paul was when he actually wrote this book? A Roman prison, okay? A cold dungeon with literally no light and no sun. Now, if there's ever a place for thoughts to spiral down a toxic and negative path, it's this one. But I want you to understand how actually Paul ends his letter to the Philippians. Let's read chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is, what's the word church? True. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I want you to imagine the Apostle Paul is sitting in the corner of a dirty dungeon. He's probably cold, maybe even hungry. And what he's saying to us here is, I am a master of my mind. I am in a good place mentally. I feel emotionally whole. My body may be in prison, but my mind is free. Anybody here seen the Shawshank Redemption? Right? There's like Andy Dufresne, and then there's the Apostle Paul. Let's be real, okay? And Paul is sitting in a dungeon. I don't even know if he knows if he'll ever get out. And what is he doing? He's actually thinking, well, they may be mistreating me, but I'm actually going to dwell on noble things. My Roman jailers, they may hate me, but I'm going to think about what is pure because I'm not going to let my heart get bitter. My body may be covered in scars, and I actually feel in pain but I'm going to give praise to my Lord Jesus Christ because he's working all things for my good. I'm going to train my brain and think only about these things. Who wants to be a mastermind like Paul? Okay, who actually wants to be able to master your thoughts and get rid of stinking thinking forever? Can I get a yes and can I get an amen if that's you? Because that's what Paul is getting at here. The idea that you can train your brain and think about things that are good. In fact, throughout scripture, we actually see that the Bible commands us to think about things that are good and true and lovely. Look at Colossians 3 verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things what? Above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Church, Paul is inviting us to actually elevate our thinking. Okay, everybody say, elevate your thinking. Elevate your thinking. 
Now, what do we elevate our thinking to? We think about the things from above. And what are those things? Well, let me tell you what it isn't, okay? It's actually not to think poisonous thoughts. That's actually crossing your wires. It's not to think about things that are false. That's, again, getting your wires crossed. It's not about letting or thinking fearful things into your life because that is the opposite of things that are lovely. And if you were with us last week, then you know that Pastor Tim actually talks about the neural pathways that take place in our brains. Okay, he said every time you think a thought, you are creating a new pattern of thought or a new pathway, almost like a mental trail. And the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again, which is great if we're thinking something good, like Paul says in Philippians, that we should be doing. But it's really bad when we're thinking something negative. Because when you think negative thoughts for a long enough time, you'll have created what's known as a brain rut. Okay, and because our thoughts actually form the basis of our behavior, a negative brain rut actually negatively impacts our actions. Now, in 2019, my husband and I went to Alaska during the month of July. We were celebrating our uh, 17th uh, wedding anniversary back then. It is absolutely gorgeous, okay? But we quickly learned there's only two seasons in Alaska. There's winter and there's July. That was July, okay? And when the weather gets warm enough in Alaska in the summer and the snow melts, the dirt roads actually become really muddy. And when cars are driving on them, they actually create these really long ruts. In fact, there's a sign along one Alaskan road that actually reads, choose your rut carefully because you're going to be in it for the next 60 miles. And they're not joking, okay? The rut is actually so deep that your tires are all the way in. So as you're driving, you can actually let go of the steering wheel because it controls the car, okay? You actually can't steer or change direction because you're in a rut. It's the same thing with your brain. Your brain is on a rut road, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, rut road. But you got to say it like this sing-songy voice, rut road. The rut road is where we are every time that we think the same thoughts we do the same things and we experience the same problems. We get into a mental rut. And the problem is, once you're in a rut, it's really hard to get out of it. This is what happens in our brain. We have a negative thought that gets repeated enough and it creates a mental rut that's really hard to break out of. Let me give you some examples. You may have experienced rejection in your school years. Maybe you were bullied. And now as an adult, you've experienced even more rejection. You didn't get the job that you wanted. You didn't get the promotion that you applied for. You haven't been able to keep a long-term relationship. And so you've begun to weave all of these different things in your mind that's made you believe the lie that you are a victim, that you can't catch a break, 
that people are always out to get you no matter what and that you always think something bad is going to happen to you. And so you bail on people and you bail on things before they bail on you. You've created a victim rut. Maybe when you were growing up and you experienced heartbreak or disappointment, your mom would take you shopping to make you feel better. All right, I remember when my first boyfriend, who was not my husband, Jose, broke my heart. I was 16 years old, church. I was devastated. And my mom, I remember she took me to Contempo Casuals. Anybody here remembers that store? She felt so bad for me. She let me shop to my heart's content. And I remember she bought me a cute dress, and I'm standing in front of the mirror, and I'm thinking, eat your heart out, Pedro. And then when I was 19, and I flunked out of my college humanities course because I had a crazy professor, we went shopping again. And this time, we went to J.C. Penney. Anybody here remembers J.C. Penney? And again, I bought this cute dress that I wanted to wear to church. My dad took one look at me and said, way too tight and definitely too short. And I was like, pero papi, Pedro's supposed to eat his heart out. <laughs> Over time, what I learned and what I absorbed, that when you feel bad, that when you feel lonely, that when you get a bad grade or you go through a bad breakup, there is hardly anything that a little retail therapy can't cure. And what it did is it created a pathway for me because when you have a hurt in life and you marry it to a little dopamine, like Pastor Tim said last week, that emotion feels really good and it becomes a new coping mechanism. And now guess what? You have a mental rut, an overspending rut. You are on the rut road from your house to the mall. And you may laugh, but guess who isn't? My husband, okay? <laughs> In all of these examples that I have provided to you, including my own, wires got crossed. Okay, normal life events occurred. They were either fair or not, intentional or not. And we turned the opportunity into a bad connection that actually formed an unhealthy pattern that created a toxic rut. And so my question for you today is, what lies have created ruts in your thinking? Like what hurtful or harmful rut has been created in your mind? Maybe your family's first-generation immigrants. And all that you have heard since you have been a kid growing up is that to achieve your dreams, you need to outwork and outperform everything and everybody so that you can prove that you belong here in America and you are worthy of being here. And so from early on, you learn to roll up your sleeves and get busy working, putting in 10 to 12 hours a day every day. And now, as an adult, you're actually recognizing, man, I'm in a rut. I'm in a workaholic rut because you've subscribed to this overwork mentality and it's running you ragged. Or maybe when you were a kid, food was everything in your family, right? Like if something good happened, you ate. If something bad happened, you ate too because your job isn't to discriminate, okay? Any emotional overeaters here? You cope with food regardless if you're happy, you're stressed, you're sad, you're bothered, you're angry, you're joyful. You're in an overeating rut. 
And unless we decide to break this pattern, our lives will continue moving in the wrong direction. And that is why Philippians 4, which is our main scripture, is a challenge to train your brain. Okay, because this isn't about behavior modification. See, that's the problem. People think, oh my gosh, I need to take, you know, go on a diet, lose some weight. No, 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 no. You don't lose weight because you stop eating sweets, although that's part of it. But if you want to change your life, you need to change your mind. You need to train your brain because that's what drives your behavior. See, we don't attack the symptoms. We attack the source. We train our thoughts to re or our brains to renew our thoughts that ultimately impact our behavior. And Paul gives us the recipe to train our brains in Philippians 4. Because if we want to change what we do, we have to control what we think. And what should we think about, church? I want you to read Paul's words again. Finally, in another translation, it says, One final thing, brothers and sisters. Whatever is, what's the word, church? True. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, does that describe the shows that you watched this week? The books that you read on Kindle Unlimited? The videos that you watched? What you meditated on? Because I want you to notice, Paul actually doesn't say, think about worst case scenarios. Think about what you hate. Think about lustful things. Think about what you're afraid of. Think about what could go wrong. Instead, what he's saying is, you have to be intentional about the things that you think about. Because when you think about true and noble and lovely and pure and admirable things long enough, you create a new thought. You repeat that thought enough and you replace the rut with a trench of truth. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to create a new pathway for the wheels of God's words to run on. Replace the rut with a trench of truth. Now you may be asking, what's the difference? What's a rut versus what's a trench? Well, you guys get a rut, right? You're traveling down the road. Your wheels slip, and now you're in this ditch, and you're going in a different direction than you wanted to. Because a rut is always unintentionally created. It has no purpose, and it always needs repair. But that's not what a trench is. Let me tell you what a trench is. A trench is a type of excavation that is generally deeper than it is wide. Why? Because they were used in World War I to protect the soldiers against weapons fire. In other words, a trench is a wartime tool of protection, and it's the same thing for you today. Because we are at war with our thoughts, and the trench of truth actually allows you to go deeper into the ground soil of your heart with the Word of God than these superficial ruts will ever allow your mind to keep running on. You always intentionally dig a trench because it fixes an existing problem. Whereas a rut 
actually lets you fall into the same series of thoughts that lead to the same behavior. But a trench is what we dig to strategically choose a new set of thoughts. Now, let me ask you, where are we going to get these new thoughts? This is advanced placement kind of a question, okay? And I'm going to give you a hint. We will not get them from scrolling through social media or binge-watching Netflix. You know what I'm saying? We get them from God's Word. That's how you dig a new truth trench that's going to help you replace your rut. Let me show you how this works, okay? Let's say you're in a victim rut. You're actually struggling to believe that people will not let you down. And so it's not that you're going to replace the rut with positive thoughts. It's that you're going to create a trench of truth. Because Paul's clear that what we need to be thinking about is whatever is true, what's noble and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. And so we go deeper and deeper and deeper until we get God's word into the soil of our hearts. So you may take Romans 8. Romans 8. And you may say, if God is for me, then who can be against me? I'm not a victim because my God is working all things for my good. And I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who gives me strength. You see what we're doing? We are replacing the rut with a deeper trench of truth, with God's truth. And let me encourage you guys today, because I'm going to give you three practical steps for you to develop your own trench of truth. Number one, I want you to write it. I want you to write a very specific truth that actually replaces the rut that you have been in. And I want this declaration to come straight out of the Bible, straight out of God's Word. Write it. And then I want you to think it. Because when we change our thinking, we actually change our lives. In fact, look at what Paul wrote in Romans 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature controls you or controls your mind leads to death. But here's the key, church, and I want all of us to read it together. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Change your thinking. Change your life. And finally, I want you to profess it until God starts to renew your mind. So I would say it like this. Write it, think it, profess it until we believe it. Write it, think it, profess it until we believe it. It may take some time, but we're going to write it, think it, profess it until we believe it. Because we're on crossing the wires. We are rewiring our brains and we're creating a new trench of truth. Let's do another one. You may have been in an overspending rut that led you to buy things that you couldn't afford. And so you need a trench of truth that actually reminds you that you don't need anything except Jesus. And so your trench may look like this. Christ is enough, and I am valuable to him. My God provides for every need that I have according to his riches in glory. God's grace 
is enough for me. I am not my stuff. I am not defined by what I own, but by whose I am. You see what, how it works? Let me do another one. Let's say that you lack confidence. And so the trench that you dig may look like this. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything that he calls me to do. You write it, you think it, you profess it until you believe it. Because you are digging your trench of truth. Identify where your wires are crossed. Follow that with the spiritual truth that's going to let you rewire your brain because you're creating a whole new way of thinking. And as you do that, God is actually going to rewire your brain to renew your mind. Now, can I share with you how practical this actually is? I found myself driving into a mental rut of isolation after going to the doctor last month. You see, this has been an area in my life where my wires have been crossed for years. For some reason, as a child, I always felt like I shouldn't bother people with my problems. And when I became a special needs mom, I actually learned there are very few people you can ask for help. Not because people don't want to help, but because they can't due to the level of care that's required. And so, it's actually become so ingrained in me that I don't even realize at times that I retreat into isolation when I'm going through some very difficult things. And what's happened is that over the course of years, I've actually integrated this wrong belief into every area of my life. I very rarely ask people for help. And so I want to let you uh, give you a peek into what my isolation rut sounds like, okay? I'm very embarrassed to admit this to you, but I will be honest and say, sometimes I've thought, people don't really have time to help me. Everyone's busy and everyone has their own problems. I can do this on my own like I've always done. Besides, no one is really around to help. You know, Kyra, just keep putting one foot in front of the other because you don't need people. And so here's how that has played out in my life. This past March, I went for my mammogram, and after it was over, the radiologist said to me, you have a mass, I need you to come back in six weeks to see if there's been a change. And I'll be honest, it was a super busy work time in work, and I was busy at home, and so I kind of put it to the side, I forgot about it, I didn't tell anyone other than my husband. And at the end of those six weeks, I went back and the doctor said, yeah, the mass hasn't changed, and so I'm going to recommend that you go in for a biopsy. And so that biopsy was last month. I went in for the procedure, and the doctor took one look at the mass and said, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I can guarantee that is a tumor. I'm going to send it to two different biopsy places, and we're just going to have to wait for the verdict to come in. Now, church, when he left, and I started taking, you know, the examination robe and start getting back into my clothes, my mind just started spiraling. Okay, I'll be honest. I, I thought a million things. First thought that I had was, Lord, I have two kids. 
One of them is 13 years old and the other one has Down syndrome. And you gave them to me both and they need their mama. God, my husband needs me. And then I started just thinking all these random thoughts. I was like, if I have cancer, will my hair fall out? Will I still be able to work? Like I just started thinking all these things. My mind started racing. So I decided to get back, you know, dress, get in the car. And I drove home almost on like autopilot. And I got home and I told my husband, we're going to know in three days if it's breast cancer or not. And let me tell you, immediately I felt the familiar pull of getting back into my isolation rut, not out of fear, but because that's what I do when I get scared or when I'm under pressure. I actually pull away from people. I isolate. I don't share what I'm going through. I don't text people or ask for prayers. Typically, I distract myself with work, and I just keep on going. And so I did that. I started to do that. I didn't tell anybody at first except my husband. But I realized this has been a toxic rut that has actually kept me from enjoying the blessings of people in my life who care for me, who actually want to be a part of my life. And so I realized I needed to replace my rut with a trench of God's truth. So I want to share with you what I actually wrote for myself, stemming out of God's word. I said, and I wrote, the people of God are called to carry each other's burdens. I can ask for help. I love people and I believe the best about them. So I actually believe people can and want to help me. God has placed me in a body of people that is made up of many believers. They all want to be a part of my life. And Christ in me is actually stronger than any wrong thinking in me. I had to write it, I had to think it, and I had to profess it until I believed it. And what happened was God actually ripped me out of my rut of isolation, and I began walking in a new trench of truth. And here's the thing, because I was able to change my thinking, I was able to change my actions. I called two friends, and I said, would you pray for me during these three days? And three days later, when the doctor called me to say, it is a benign tumor, I called him again to rejoice over the news, and I thank them for praying for me. Why does this matter? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, and you cannot, you cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. That's why you have to uncross those wires and train your brain like Paul commands us to do in Philippians 4. Let me read it again. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, we fix our eyes on Christ, the only one who is true, 
who is noble, who is pure, who is lovely, who is excellent, and who is praiseworthy. The only one whose love for us never ends. It is not just that we are thinking about these things. It is that we are specifically thinking about Jesus and his perfect ways. And so here's how we're going to do that this week. This week, I want to invite you to meditate and memorize the scripture tattoo for this week. Okay, I already have it. In fact, my goal for the end of this series is to have a full-on tattoo sleeve, okay? This is our second scripture. And like last week, you're going to see lots of letters, which stands for the first letter of each word of the memory verse. And our memory verse for this week is Philippians 4, our main scripture for today. So I want to invite you to read it along with me. One big, loud voice, okay? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Apply it to the back of your hand when you get home today and then meditate and memorize this truth from God's word. I want you to do it with your kids. I want you to practice it every night before going to bed. I did it this week with my 13-year-old. And let me tell you, as a parent, there is no greater joy than seeing our kids seal the truth of scripture in their hearts. In fact, I loved seeing on social media this week so many of you doing your homework. Plus, parents, Pastor Tim promised, we want to give your kids some free ice cream at the end of our series, okay, for everyone, actually, who memorizes our Bible verses for this series. So, to end our time together, I want to give you some homework for this week. Okay, here we go. Number one, I want you to replace your rut. I want to ask ask yourself, where do you have some wires crossed that are negatively affecting your thinking and impacting your behavior. Number two, I want you to dig a trench of truth with God's word. What is the spiritual and scriptural truth that's going to allow you to form new thoughts and will set you free from toxic behavior? Make a list of all those verses. And then here's the last and final part. I want you to write it think it, and profess it until you believe it. It will take some time. It may not be easy, but I promise you, if you put in the time and the effort, you will create new trenches of truth that God will use to renew your mind. And when you change your thinking, you will have changed your life. So to end our time together, I want to invite everybody to stand up right now, wherever you are, whether at home, here in Parsippany, in one of our locations, I want to invite you to stand up because before we pray, I want to speak some scripture declarations over you, church. Are you ready? If you are ready, I want you to say, I'm ready. I'm going to dig a trench of truth and I'm going to speak God's truth over you today. I'm going to declare some promises over you today. Here we go. Number one, for those of you who are in Christ, you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. 
You are not your past. You are not your mistakes. You are a new creation in Christ. And because you are a new creation in Christ, guess what? God redeems you, he forgives you, and he sets you free so you are not a hostage to your thoughts. You have the mind of Christ correcting your thoughts and the word of God directing your steps. Worry is not your master. God's peace dwells inside of your hearts. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And here's the best one, my favorite one out of all of them. Here we go, church, in Romans, nothing, absolutely nothing will separate you from the love of God, not death, not angels, not demons, not the present, not the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, church. Church, you can win the war in your mind by training your brain. It will change your thinking and Christ will change your life. And so, Father, I pray right now for those under the sound of my voice, I thank you that you are inviting each and every one of them into a process of renewal, to renew their thoughts. And so I ask, will you help them, Lord? Identify the lies that they have been living and thinking and acting under. Lord, some of them are gonna have a hard time identifying it because they don't even realize it's a lie. But we thank you that on the other side of this invitation, there is breakthrough for everyone here today. The enemy loves to come at us, against us, with our thoughts. And so by today, we pray in your power, Lord, and through your spirit, we pray freedom for all of that, for all of your people. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the ways in which you're inviting us to seal it in our hearts, to meditate on these things, and then to create deep, deep paths that allow us to be in your word, to think of you, Jesus, and thereby affecting our behavior. And so we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this truth, and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.